Welcome into A to Z Sports powered by BetMGM. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us all over social media as we go live every weekday morning at 8 Central Time on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. We're Nashville's On Demand Sports Network. Also hit us up on Instagram and TikTok. Got to thank our sponsors uh, because they make everything happen for our show and they help out you guys. Renters Warehouse Nashville, the professional landlords in the area at renterswarehouse.com. Mandu, the Pulse of Fitness, one 15-minute workout equals five or more hours in the weight room. Mandu.com, your first workout is absolutely free. Also, uh, Wilson County Hyundai, head up to Wilson County Hyundai in Lebanon and see what they have to offer for your new car at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. And the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. So the headline of the New York Times, Zach, Raiders coach resigns after homophobic and misogynistic emails. And then the sub-headline in emails detailed by the New York Times, Raiders coach John Gruden casually used misogynistic and homophobic language to disparage people. And this was uh, over a seven-year span of emails. And I've got some excerpt from the New York Times, and we want to make sure uh, that we get the story correct and we tell the story in the correct way so that we can all have a good conversation about what happened last night with John Gruden and the Las Vegas Raiders. Here's the first excerpt that I'll show from the New York Times. Gruden's departure came after a New York Times report that NFL officials, as part of a separate workplace misconduct investigation that did not directly involve Gruden, found that Gruden had casually and frequently unleashed misogynistic, homophobic language over several years to uh, denigrate people uh, around the game to mock some of the league's momentous changes. He he denounced uh, the emergence of women as referees, the drafting of a gay player, and the tolerance of players protesting during the playing of the national anthem, according to these emails reviewed by the Times. Uh, The second slide uh, says the emails provide an unvarnished look into the clubby culture of one NFL circle of peers where white males decision makers felt comfortable sharing pornographic images, uh, derating the league policies, and jocularly sharing homophobic language. Their banter flies in the face of league's uh, public denouncements of racism and sexism, and it promises to be more inclusive amid criticism for not listening to the concern of black players who make up about 70% of the rosters. The NFL has in the past struggled to discipline personnel who have committed acts of domestic violence and been condemned for failing to adequately address harassment of women, including NFL cheerleaders. In the last excerpt that I'll show here, Zach, Gruden's uh, emails to Bruce Allen, uh, who was fired by the Washington football team at the end of 2019, were reviewed as part of the NFL investigation of workplace misconduct within the Washington franchise that ended this summer. Goodell, Roger Goodell, uh, instructed league executives to look at more than 650,000 emails during the past few months, including those in which Gruden made offensive marks. Last week, Goodell received a summary of their findings, and the league sent the Raiders some of the emails written by Gruden. In the exchanges, Gruden used his personal email account, while Bruce Allen wrote from his team account. In some cases, Allen initiated conversations and Gruden chimed in, while in other cases, they traded vulgar comments several times. So those are the excerpts there. That is the overall story of what happened with the New York Times report and John Gruden's resignation. Zach, I'll I'll go ahead and let you kind of jump in here uh, and let you start from wherever you want to begin since I've been talking for a while. Well, it it starts with Bruce Allen. 
And if you and I know about Bruce Allen because him and John Gruden go way back. They go back to when Bruce Allen was the executive at the Oakland Raiders in the first stint when he took Rich Gannon and uh, that team to the 2002 Super Bowl uh, right right before he was traded to the Bucks. So Bruce Allen was the executive from 1995 to 2003 for the Raiders. Then Gruden gets traded to Tampa. In 2002, 2003, Bruce Allen comes in on as the Bucks general manager from 2004 to 2008. So they had long been connected, right? They've been working together. And the issue, as you referenced through the screenshots of the New York Times, is this was an investigation over 650,000 emails, work emails, work emails that Bruce Allen was using to send to John Gruden. This wasn't a side text message. They didn't go out and pull phone records from John Gruden. This was Bruce Allen sending emails from work. So th- that is the reason. It, 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 and now we can talk about the timeline of what happened and what was said and why things were leaked, right? Because leaking is the reason why John Gruden got fired. This was an internal investigation. The well, he problem, didn't get, he, one, the one problem is, no, hey, hey, he, hey. He did not get fired, Austin, Zach. He resigned. Austin, the, the problem is, is that John Gruden, among many of the things that he said, spoke very poorly about his boss. And his boss is Roger Goodell. So if you kind of take everything away and just let's focus on this situation solely for a second. If you put damning emails to your boss and your boss finds out about it, probably not a good thing, right? Your boss is probably not going to be happy, especially if some of the things that were said about Roger Goodell. And so a lot of things got John Gruden in trouble that forced his hand to look. I know John Gruden resigned, but uh, the pressure was from the Las Vegas Raiders. We all know what happened. Okay. Yes. Well, and so I I do think on the resign slash fire, I think contracts come into this, right? Because if the Raiders fire John Gruden, they they have a 10-year, $100 million contract that they signed with John Gruden uh, four years ago in 2018. So if they fired John Gruden, they would have to uh, either owe him the rest of his contract that's guaranteed or fire him with cause. And firing him with cause would then create lawsuits after the fact if John Gruden wants to try to go get that money, which in John Gruden's statement on the Raiders Twitter account, he said he loves the Raiders organization, all the players, all the people, and the fans, and it sounded like he didn't want to deal with anything. So John Gruden stepped out uh, to, uh, to, to really ignore, or not to ignore, but to get away from any lawsuits after the fact about money. That, that's well, he, didn't want to burn any, he didn't want to burn any bridges. And if you... Well, force the team to fire you for cause after what has been revealed of what you just said. It looks like you're fighting back to say that what he said was okay. And so there is some nuance to that, which we now understand why the situation happened the way that it did. But there was no way that John Gruden was going to survive this after more things were revealed yesterday afternoon. There was no way. Society will not allow that in any way. And I don't condone any of the things that he said. It is, again, know the facts of it. Bruce Allen 
sending work emails to John Gruden. Personal conversations are personal, but when it comes to work emails, they no longer are personal. That's why he got got because of there being an investigation of the Washington Redskins at the time, Redskins, uh, uh, because of how their organization was poorly run. Yes, and so Sean says, uh, so he got caught up in a separate investigation just to prove dirt always shows up eventually. Yeah, John Gruden was collateral damage <laughs> in in the Washington football team investigation by the NFL. And look, I, I don't know this for a fact, but like Bruce Allen is not in the league anymore, right? So no. John Gruden being in the league right now, whenever his name pops up in all these email research, He's currently one of was currently one of 32 head coaches active, right? So that's relevant, right? You have to go address this and it's racial uh undertones and really just racial comments, uh sexist comments about a woman official, uh just not taking player safety serious whatsoever. It's uh homophobic language and slurs about Michael Sam and other people inside the NFL, including other owners inside the NFL and all these emails from 2011 to 2018 were when he was employed by ESPN. He wasn't even a part of the NFL as an employee of one of the 32 franchises. He was the Monday night football color commentator of ESPN. And Zach, you talk about burning bridges. I think he's definitely burned a lot of bridges at this point. Uh, but you, John Gruden, the way he broadcasted was to never burn bridges. He always loved that guy. It was always compliment for every team because he wanted to politic his way to have an opportunity for a, for one more shot at being an NFL head coach. And unfortunately for him, his shot at another NFL coach ended because he was uh, revealed to be a pretty crappy person <laughs> when it comes to how he handles and how he thinks about people and not caring about concussion protocol is ridiculous, uh, which means that if I was one of his players, I would feel like John Gruden viewed me as property and a P and just a player being used for his gain. You're and also, so that's how Austin, I you're also it. speaking from 2021 mindset, right? We all evolve and change on what we think is right or wrong, right? Targeting all of those safety rules. Those have just recently been implemented to change the game. Hitting a player, a, a quarterback with your hand in the face mask, was never a penalty for 30-plus years. So you also have to kind of check yourself. And I'm not talking about you individual. I'm talking about everybody to say you cannot view the world in right now eyes back then, right? Like things have changed. Now, I don't, again, condone the things that he said. But Austin, uh, unfortunately, I look, I watched every single John Gruden snap or coach snap for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I did a lot of research on him. I watched all of his press conference. You kind of know what kind of dude he is. He's always been extreme football guy. Get your effing ass in effing gear before I effing chew you out. That's just who he is. But there's and a so difference. This is like, gone. But no, no, no. But it. I think that it it kind of breeds that type of, of personality. Look, who knows? Behind closed doors, nobody knows what anybody says. The unfortunate part about everything in this life there's not a lot of behind closed doors conversations anymore. You, we are, we live in a public forum on Twitter. Our emails 
they got caught in crossfire. You said it yourself. He got nabbed by a stray bullet that was an investigation that had nothing to do with John Gruden, and he had nothing to do with the actual NFL and employment when this happened. Right. But, so, but so- unfortunately, you can't talk about these things uh, in emails. And I will be honest. This is my personal opinion. The NFL, because of what was said about Roger Goodell, I think they leaked him. Some th- there was a problem. It should have been an investigation between the NFL and the Oakland Raiders, but the New York Times got a hold of it. Somebody helped them. So I don't know who that was, but somebody had a vendetta on John Gruden because the, the, there wouldn't have been a leak. I mean, yeah, but there's also the New York Times and other. Like there are still investigative journalists out there. There are a lot less investigative journalists today than there was 15, 20 and beyond years ago, because a lot of times investigative journalists is expensive and it takes a long time for results. And the way journalism or media has, has evolved is instant gratification and instant profit where investigative pieces take a long time and cost a lot of money. And so Chris says, when were these emails sent? 2011 to 2018. It was a seven year period. And Bobby says racist in 2011 is still racist. And Ethan brings up uh, this. And I think Ethan's right. It was the quadruple whammy racism, sexism, homophobic. I mean, he used sexist twice and, and, and anti safety. So, so the four, the quadruple whammy racist, sexist, homophobic, anti safety. Like that's the four things. Uh, when you get in the NFL, that <laughs> that really will take you down, like or, or any person of power, right? Because John Gruden was in a position of power and had been for a long time, and Bruce Allen also in a position of power as well as some of the others on these email chains and threads who were owners and CEOs and executives of other big companies across the country. It's people of power abusing it and degrading other human beings. And judge and judging them, uh, really like middle school kids, because I think we've all been in middle school at some point, and we've all been in high school at some point. And in middle school and high school, you do you, you do and you say dumb things, and then at some point you figure out what you said in middle school and high school is stupid, and you stop doing it, and you grow up, and you move on from it, and you look back on it, and you're embarrassed at how you talked in middle school and high school. And now and you're John getting Gruden, fired because, and now well, you're getting fired because of it. Well, because John because Gruden of what you 50. said in middle school and high school. No, no, you're, no, 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 no. But that that no, yes, Zach, it is because Zach, Zach. society deals with the way that we view and discipline sexism, racism, et cetera, in 2021 compared to in 1985. It's just it is the time, and I'm not saying right, wrong, and different. I'm not. I'm just saying the statement of society today deals with those type of things differently than they do in in 1985 because we all have a network, right? Except, Zach, the problem with John Gruden is that John Gruden was not a middle schooler or a high schooler when he was sending these emails. He was a grown-ass man who should have evolved as a human being who was in a position of power in saying these type of things. Not Look, again, a I don't condone the things that he said. I don't I condone the things that he said. He is a product of cancel culture. That is a general term. And he should not have said or typed any of the things that he said, whether you think they're private or public. And you know what? He is. He got 
he got canceled for it. He had to resign. So he got punished for the things that, look, I, I think we should all be anti-racism, anti-sexism, uh, all of those things that we talk about. This, I think, was leaked because of what he said about his employer. I, I think I don't that think is that, the root of it. You can talk about all the things that were said. I think the root of it is him uh, saying some pretty harsh things about his boss. I definitely think that played a factor, but can this is not, and thank you, Ian, Zach, this is not cancel culture. It's accountability and, and accountability culture. Hunter says, uh, and then Jason says, stop calling this cancel culture because here's what this is. John Gruden. This is not a guy. Get, this is not Josh Allen getting drafted and people going through his high school and middle school tweets and seeing him say racist and using racist terms. This is John Gruden using a lot of really, really hurtful language over a seven-year period. A seven-year period when he was in his late 40s and mid-50s. That is a long time. That is who you are. This is John Gruden being figured out. This is John Gruden being the real John Gruden being unearthed. This isn't politics. This isn't political John Gruden on ESPN Monday Night Football saying, I love this guy. This guy works hard. He's a Gruden Ginder. That's fake John Gruden. That is John Gruden who's trying to use that platform to get what he wants, to get a $100 million contract. The real John Gruden is now exposed to the world for what he did over a seven-year period. But don't you have to be... don't you have to be political John Gruden to get jobs in this, in this world? Yes, you have again, to be like, fake. People are fake, man. There are so many fake ass people out there. And look, I've, I got a lot of fake moments too. I'm not going to remove myself from this situation that so many people are fake because that's what our society is right now. Right. It's you, you, you put stuff on Instagram because you know, it's going to get likes and you put stuff out there because you know, it's going to get retweets, but it's not the real you or what's going on in your your life. John Gruden is a, t- is a bad and treats people poorly and talks and really tells he's his real feelings are in the emails. That's how he felt about Michael Sam. That's how he felt about Eric Reed. That's how he feels about female officials. And that's how he feels about Roger Goodell and the Glazer and, and a bunch of other people. That's how he feels about them. That's the real John Gruden. And he deserves to be out. Well, of he league. felt about them at the time. As Over we talked about 2021 period. is different. The player safety thing, again, I don't, I'm not getting into how he viewed. He was caught red-handed by emails on things that you should not say, correct? And yeah. he's forced to resign because of it. And look, I, I think we have a good question coming up because this is kind of on the other side of it. I'm curious to hear what people have to say. Yeah, will John Gruden ever coach or broadcast in the for the NFL again? Will John Gruden ever coach or broadcast for the NFL again. But real quick, let me tell you guys about one of our great sponsors, Renters Warehouse and RentersWarehouse.com. They're the professional landlords in the Nashville area. Simply go to RentersWarehouse.com and you can find out how much your home can rent for. They can do so many different things. They can help create extra cash flows for you and your family. Jumping in the rent estate business is great for you long-term because owning rent estate helps Long-term equity, which means long-term wealth and retirement plan ready. So selling your house is a one-time transaction, a big transaction, but that's it. You used it, but owning rent estate and getting them to pay you money every month is the way to build long-term wealth 
and renter's warehouse takes all the hard work out of it. They do everything for you. They are the landlords. You just could get the money sent to your account every month. Simple as that at renterswarehouse.com. Bet MGM. Download the app today. Code ATOZ Sports. That's code A. TOZ Sports. They are the king of sports books. You can download the app on your Apple or Android store and you can start having fun plus risk free bet up to $1,000 for new users. Use the promo code ATOZ Sports. All right. So I do want to get to this to the uh, comment or to the comments from you guys about will John Gruden ever coach or broadcast in the NFL again? But uh, we got caught up in a good conversation, I think, and uh, we forgot to kind of pay off. Uh, what the title of the show says is, is that Zach, this is opening the beginning of the NFL opening Pandora's box when it comes to this, because there's a bunch of emails out there with the Washington investigation. That's got a lot of high level people in there. And John Gruden's not alone. John Gruden's not the only guy out there in the NFL or in big time business uh, that is saying things like this in emails or in other text chains that can get figured out. There are, I think there are a lot of people waking up today that know what they've done in the past and know maybe it's on or somewhat similar to what John Gruden got figured out for uh, this past week. And so the Pandora's box is the NFL is about to really start uh, digging into a lot more people. And as Dom says, it's a landslide. Yeah. The box is wide open and who knows what else will come out from this. It's really an open investigation, right? Like it's not, it's not uh, internal. That, and I think that's the other issue. Like, yes, this happened. But Austin, if that's the case, then the NFL should be held accountable for not having an internal investigation and handling this themselves. Well, that's what they're doing. That's what they no, did. They're, they're, they're things being leaked. That's the problem. So if you're saying everybody's head is on the chopping block out of 650,000 emails. I didn't say that. I just said people are waking but up. That is what the case is, right? If you're going to treat John Gruden one way, shouldn't you treat all everybody that was ever said or sent an email? Yeah. But is that how the investigation works? That's not what the, 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 that was not what the focus of the investigation is. It should not have been leaked. The NFL should have handled this internally and they had to release a statement. John Gruden had to be resigned. The story had to come out. But the New York Times and all of this stuff, that, that I think is, once it gets to the media, that's when the wildfires start to spread. But we don't know where the leak came from. The leak could have come from the NFL office. It could have come from the Raiders because the NFL tells the Raiders what it found in its own investigation. The NFL has to tell the Raiders that. So we don't know where the leak came from. But we also know that there are people like all over the place who are searching uh, for arrest records, searching for all police records, all types of stuff, calling and asking for... Those are public records. This is not a public investigation. Well, there, but my That's point the is, difference. Zach, my point is there are people whose jobs it is to poke around in every corner. And there are people that are employed by the New York Times whose job it is to... One of their lists is to call the NFL, to call these franchises, to find something out because they're investigative reporters. And so we don't know how it came out, but this stuff, investigative reporting happens all the time. And I think it's a good thing. <laughs> we need things to be investigated because not, not having investigative reporters is how companies do internal investigations and sweep things under the rug. Yeah. Well, and I'm curious to see who we talk about John Gruden getting crossed in the crossfire of this investigation. How many more people will uh, have their heads on the chopping block? I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I mean, 
650,000 emails. It's a lot of emails. It's a lot of emails. And I don't even, like, do you just control uh, F? <laughs> do you just try to search keywords? I don't even know how you do that. Uh, anyway, let's get to the uh, the question because you guys have uh, had a lot of good comments um, on this. And the question is, will John Gruden ever coach or broadcast for the NFL again after this? So I'm going to go uh, uh, through and try. And, and uh, Chris says he thinks he's done. Ian says, I don't think so, only because the NFL don't want to receive the public backlash if they did bring him back. Donald says, broadcast, it's possible. Coaching, nah, that door is officially shut. I think they're either both shut or both slightly open after a few years, right? Like, I, because I think when you think about from the broadcast side of things, who would he be broadcasting for? Big networks who have deals with the NFL. So the NFL would have, and if Roger Goodell is commissioner, and I don't think he's not going to be commissioner anytime soon, then Roger Goodell could not allow that to happen just as much as he's not going to allow a NFL team to hire him as a coach, right? So they, they go hand in hand. I think it's and either Goodell both, hasn't said a word, has he? Uh, I want to say in the in the New York Times article, it said. Allen, yeah, uh, here it is. Gruden, Allen, the NFL, and the Raiders did not respond uh, to requests for comment. So, right. So, no. Gruden, Gruden, or uh, Goodell is not saying a damn word. No, like, nobody's going to say anything. So, but uh, Goodell should. He's the commissioner of the NFL. Uh, Dom says Fox <laughs> or NBC will take him. Bobby says Fox News sports anchor. Uh, Roderick says Gruden is done, uh, people. Um, so, I mean, Zach, what do you think about this? Uh, Austin Tucker says he'll probably do his own podcast. I mean, honestly, that's uh, not a bad comment. I, Austin, I think you're right. Not because you're the name. question. I think he's done. Uh, I, I think that you, you made the point that Goodell's not going to not be the commissioner anytime soon. <laughs> so you, you can't, you know, time does heal wounds, but I don't think like these wounds, you know? I, I think he's obviously has to lay low for a while, but he's made a ton of money. He's not going to be able to coach and do something that he loves. And that's, that hurts, right? That hurts John Gruden. Um, so he's being punished for what he said, and he'll probably live in Tampa for a while and figure out his retirement. I mean, he's of the age where he has enough money to go fishing every day and travel and do whatever. The problem is, is that he was in the public eye for so many years, and now that public eye is tarnished, right? Like, he can't get that back. He will always be known for that. Whether you're Matt Lauer or Morgan Wallen or John Gruden, the things that you've done and said, people will remember you by. And so Gruden, uh, you know, he's in a tough spot. Urban Meyer is the same way on a completely different level, right? People will recognize and remember all of the mishaps that he's done. Humans are not perfect, right? And so we have to hold them accountable in a public setting. And the contract is the contract. There's a lot of money to be in a person of power, which comes with great responsibility. And, you know, society held him accountable. He was forced to resign. And he's going to have to go out of the public eye for some time. You know, how old is John Gruden? Is 58. I just looked it up. 58 years old. Yeah. And he's made us so much money. Could he? Right? Could he come back at sixty-five and do something? Maybe, but, but he's. Not, I don't think that's coaching. I think brought like because uh, I, I I pointed out uh, crap uh, Donald's comment about he's a broadcast maybe coaching. No, 
I mean, broadcast, your broadcast life is longer than your coaching life. <laughs> so, I mean, the more time, the better it heals for John Gruden's sake and broadcasting gives him more time at 65. There's no way John Gruden's going to coach again at 65. Or Be a later. consultant in some, like, right. It, it's not good. And, you know, he's made enough money where he'll be okay for the rest of his life. His life's not ruined, but he's not going to be able to, as I said, do what he loves to do. John Gruden loves football and the league that he was employed by for so many years, uh, ended up and it came back and bit him in the ass when he wasn't employed by the NFL. He got caught up in sending emails with a person that was. And so, uh, I don't, I don't think I don't think he's gonna return in the NFL. Uh, so Ben says, Austin, you're being disingenuous if you don't think jealousy over the money he's made is the root of it. How? What did I say about this? And what do you, I don't even know what you're talking about, Ben. Uh, you need to chill out on that. Um, now I do think I see Ben also saying Jeffrey Simmons and Tyreek Hill punched women, and we celebrate all of them. It's still possible for Deshaun Watson to play. The Deshaun Watson situation is an ongoing legal situation that nobody knows what's going to happen. And he's not playing football because nobody knows what's going to happen. Jeffrey Simmons made a really, 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 really massive, massive mistake when he was in high school, owned up to it. And as, and ever since has walked the walk and talked it the correct way. And I think Jeffrey Simmons, the way he's lived his life at Mississippi state, the way he's lived his life as a Tennessee Titan has earned the the second chance and the opportunity for us well, to he not had time to do that. John Gruden doesn't have any time to do that. And John Gruden did things over a seven year period. Like Jeffrey Simmons, if you know the situation, well, the, I mean, you don't want you can't compare that because you have uh, actual physical abuse compared that's my to point. emails. That's my point. But like Jeffrey Simmons made a terrible mistake when he was in high school. And he has mistake. more time to rectify it. John yes. Gruden doesn't. If John Gruden was 35 and Sean McVay and the, the hottest coach in the NFL and something like this happened, I think you we answer this question differently, right? We probably answer this, yeah, he's going to get another opportunity on down oh. the line because he's wanted. John, yeah, Gruden, no, John Gruden's age definitely plays a factor in the question that we're trying to answer. I, I'm not disagreeing with that. Right, but to compare... Again, you're not to say what's worse of physical abuse on an actual woman instead of exchanging emails that, uh, you know, are not good. There's a huge difference in that. And society, unfortunately, treats everybody differently. They treat yeah, everybody and, the same, but everybody differently. But I also right? I agree with, I agree with uh, Sean says uh, Simmons was a kid, literally. Gruden was a grown-ass man when it comes to mentical. Now, Jeffrey that Simmons... doesn't justify be, uh, hitting a nobody's woman. Nobody's justifying what, I mean, what Jeffrey Simmons did. But, but he was mentally... Jeffrey Simmons was not mentally ready to handle the emotion that led to his awful mistake because he was 17 or 18 years old. He was underdeveloped from a mental standpoint. I think we these all, are two uh, apples and oranges. That's my point, think. Zach, is that these are completely different. And Dom says it's a case-by-case basis. Why does everyone want a cookie-cutter problem or solution to every problem? And Dom, you know what? You, you get the love of the show because, again, society treats everybody the same, but they treat everybody different. It, it is it, it it just depends, right? Like, look at DeBaby. 
DeBaby said something very, uh, you know, a gay slur in a concert, and he is trying to figure out because of his status and because of his age, he's now getting back into it. They they treat different people different ways. It's circumstantial. And the the, the Deshaun Watson thing, I also, I do think that that is a a bad comparison because that is a ongoing investigation, right? We do not know what the legality and the finalized legal thing is going to be from Deshaun Watson. Now, once we figure that out, then you can have a punishment. Mm-hmm. What John Gruden got caught with is hard evidence, right? That he admitted to. So that's why he's being punished now, right? But right. Dom, you're right. It is a case by case basis. Not everybody gets the same punishment, whether it's fired or exiled or whatever. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, to wrap this up, because uh, Steve says, what about Tyreek Hill, though? I, I The Tyreek Hill situation, I, I'm not as familiar with like how that ended, but I remember on this show saying that I would not want Tyreek Hill on my football team for what he did to his pregnant uh, girlfriend or, or whatever her relationship was. And that is that still I still have a sour taste in my mouth about Tyreek Hill. I, I hope he's grown from it. I have no idea. I don't know Tyreek Hill. I don't cover the Chiefs, so I have no idea with that situation. This is my personal opinion. I think superstars that have value to big companies get treated differently. Can you win games? Yes or but no? I, 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 again, I would spread that all over. I said companies. I'm not saying the NFL. I said, and that's why I referenced the music singers and the things that have been said. They treat people differently when the big-time companies see value in said person. John Gruden is just one, another coach, right? Like, they can replace him, but... If you are a big time superstar, I think you're a lot, it's more difficult to get canceled. I think in the case of Deshaun Watson, I think in the case of DeBaby, I think in the case of Morgan Wallen, you're going to have to take your licks and take a step back out of the spotlight. But if you have value to a major company, they will find a way to not completely cancel you. And that is not right, but that's the way it is. And then again, I swear last thing, cause Ben's still talking on YouTube, but he says, but we allow him to grow because he's really fast. Not a rich white guy who is deemed to be privileged. Ben, I, I think our society allows younger people to grow from mistakes that they've made. Now mistakes and younger people are both general terms, but when you're, when you're a grown man and you continually to make mistakes that over years and years and years, that's just who you are. When you're a young person, you do stupid stuff because you don't know any better at that point. Again, I'm not giving Tyreek Hill or Jeffrey Simmons a pass, but Zach, do you not dis- do you disagree with that? Do you disagree I that we don't allow? I don't completely agree with it. But how we don't allow young people to make mistakes and grow from it? There's a reason why people are, are go to juvenile detention and not the actual jail <laughs> because for certain things because. Because they're young and they're trying to Tyree grow. Tyreek Hill was not a juvenile. I'm not talk. God, I'm talking as a general term of us talking, allowing younger people to grow from mistakes that they make early in their life. 
to give them an opportunity to become better than old people who continue to make the same mistakes and be the same person and who do not grow, who have used their opportunity to grow and they haven't done it. That's my And point. I think my point was it comes down to value of that person Both to are a bigger true. company. Both are true. <laughs> That's the problem. That is the problem. Jeffrey Simmons had, and again, I'm not, let's, t- let's even take the names away because I'm not comparing the two. I, I never wanted to do that during the show. But at the time, Jeffrey Simmons, as the example, he had more time to foresee his value for a football team. John Gruden did not. He no longer does. So that, I, it, it impacts. That's the difference. <laughs> and that's just the way it is. Life's not fair. And the whole structure of what we're going into in 2021 and beyond, unfortunately, it's not fair. So you got to, but you have guys, I mean, you have companies like Barstool that kind of are, they can do whatever they want and they don't have, they don't abide by society's rules. So you either create, you are either big enough to push back against the man or you tow the company line and your ass can be uh, uh, up for, uh, for, firing or canceling at any point it's the path you choose well like that's that's kind of what we've created in this society which is not a great thing but it is the thing right but again like barstool they have uh certain consequences for what they've chosen to be right because barstool can't do anything with the nfl the nfl has has kicked barstool out of of their official lives and that's and for the barstool, that's the if that's what they want to be, then that's what they want to be. But the NFL has the, the ability I think they're to do that. Being, I think they're just fine without that. I, again, I'm not saying they're not just fine. They chose that path, and they are succeeding in that path. And the NFL chose to not deal with them, which is their choice. And that's again, there are consequences to what you want to be. Barstool is succeeding, but they have a consequence of not being allowed to any NFL official function. That's a consequence. It might be minor. It might not. It might be irrelevant yeah, to Barstool, but irrelevant, it is. But it that's might fine. be. That's fine. But it's still a consequence. Just because it's irrelevant doesn't mean it's not a consequence. Okay. Now let's move on. Because Zach, you have a take about that game last night. What that game on Monday Night Football will mean for the AFC playoff race. But first, let me tell you guys all about our friends at the Bone and Joint Institute. They are our friends because they've helped Zach and I get healthy. We've had injuries in the past, and we've gone to the doctors at the Bone and Joint Institute. To help us get right. That's who you should trust whenever an injury happens in your life. Simply go to boneandjointtn.org to find out how they can help you get back to health. They do everything for you. They streamline the process. They don't send you all over town the different centers for this and that and testing and the imaging and the surgery and the rehab. All in one place. All done by one company. The Bone and Joint Institute. Make your recovery easy at boneandjointtn.org. A to Z Sports are powered by BetMGM, code A-T-O-Z Sports. That's A-T-O-Z Sports. Risk-free bet up to $1,000. They are the king of sports books. Download the app today. That's BetMGM. All right, Zach. Why or what does that game last night mean about the AFC playoff picture and race? I think it's massive. I think it solidifies the Tennessee Titans as a playoff team. It also vaults the Baltimore Ravens ahead because of their division they're dealing with i mean the Bengals aren't bad uh but i'm not saying they're going to compete for uh, a playoff spot i think if they beat green bay that's a different story you've got the browns that are very very good 
and you've got the Steelers. And we're still trying to figure out the Steelers. Their backs were against the wall last week, or this past week, against the Broncos. They beat Denver. And so Baltimore, I think, proved last night, man, Baltimore is good. Baltimore's been good for three years, and that's kind of been last year. They they punked out the Titans. But I think last night's game, because Indianapolis lost, it 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 cashed out. They're done. The, the Colts, uh, there's too many AFC teams that I think after losing to the Titans already, right? So that doesn't help the Colts. Right. That was a massive game to start the season. But I think there's too many good AFC teams that are not working behind the eight ball like the Indianapolis Colts now at one and four. I think the Colts aren't making the playoffs guaranteed now. So I'm trying to remember because in 2018 uh, was Frank Reich's first year with the Colts. I believe they started one and five and made the playoffs. Now who's the quarterback? Um, 2018 would have been Andrew Luck, I guess. Right. Yeah. Or, or was that the, I, again, I'm trying to remember, um, yeah, what so happened, it Luck. It, it, but I think Andrew Luck missed a lot of the season early on. That's when he was held out from that shoulder situation and they came back and were able to play. Right. They don't and have Carson, that. And Carson Wentz is better than Jacoby Brissett. Uh, I think he's a downgrade from Phillip rivers, but I, I, and I, I was trying to look back on, yeah, because Philip Rivers is a good quarterback. He was also past his prime. <laughs> now they started one and five. They ended ten and six. I mean, they ripped off a lot of wins in a row. That was pretty impressive in how they were able to do that. But Andrew Luck actually started all six, all sixteen games that season. Believe it or not, uh, for the Colts. But um, I don't know if the AFC was this good when they started one and five. Like part of the reason why one and four is such a massive hole is because the AFC has two four and one teams, five three and two teams. Oh, and the Chiefs, who are two and three. And so, like, they are buried behind nine teams for seven spots. And I think the Ravens, like, looking at Lamar Jackson throwing for 400 yards was like when Happy Gilmore made a putt and turned around to shoot him Gavin and says, uh-oh, looks like Happy learned how to putt. And Lamar Jackson, did he learn how to throw accurately? <laughs> are his are his receivers catching the ball? Like, has it changed, or is or or is anything different? Or is so, Lamar Jackson still the same guy who struggles to be accurate down the field? Or is or is he really really actually getting better? I think uh, I have an answer for you. I think he's actually getting better because he's getting more comfortable within the league. If you watched that game last night, the two-point conversion was kind of the, the the caveat to the whole thing. But you felt like after Calais Campbell blocked that field goal, the Ravens were going to drive down and score. Two-point conversion is one play, right? It's up in the air. Once they made that two-point conversion, I felt the exact same way as I did in the Super Bowl between the Patriots and the Falcons. We knew if Tom Brady got that ball, Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl. I knew if the Ravens won that coin toss, Colts were not getting it back. It's exactly what happened. So I think he's become more comfortable. He has improved. What Lamar Jackson has to worry about is if you go up against a really good defense that takes some things away from him, how does he adapt? 
Yeah, and I think the Colts defense right now is still pretty banged up. And the Colts as a whole, like they don't have the firepower. But I mean, I do think it's and crazy. And is right. He does have a fumbling issue. Yeah. And and again, he is still the Ravens leading rusher in attempts and yards. And so can Lamar Jackson, who has already thrown for 1,500 yards in five games, can he keep up his passing accuracy and explosive ability while being the same type of runner? Because that's what makes him a threat is that if he can throw like this and run like he can, like we've seen him be able to now that's putting the defense in some serious conflict and you might be able to take away a few things, but in the past you could take away Lamar Jackson running in the design runs or the RPOs and force him to throw it down the field, and you could get him on an overthrow for an interception or just a slightly inaccurate pass off the hands of a receiver that the Titans were able to beat him in the playoffs on a couple of years ago. But if now he's more accurate down the field, I don't know how you defend him. And look, I, I've always said that I don't think Lamar Jackson has a high ceiling, but man, he is getting a lot better. And Steve Young was talking about it on the pregame uh, Monday Night Football last night about how he wants to be the best in the in the in the history, and I I think that's a massive leap for Steve Young to kind of put that out there like that. But he has a chance to be super dynamic where he can go on a run here this season and really have the Ravens as a big time player. But I don't know what the longevity of it is because he's going to take so many hits because he's carrying the ball a lot. I don't think he's trying to be the greatest ever. I think what he's trying I, to that's be. That's what Steve Young said. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think what he's trying to be is better than Michael Vick. I'm not talking about the off-field stuff. Michael Vick was the most dynamic quarterback the NFL has ever seen. We all know about his career. Lamar Jackson is trying to overtake that of being the most dynamic athletic quarterback ever. That's what I think he's changed. But that takes AFC championship appearances, that takes Super Bowl appearances, and then takes Super Bowl wins. Yeah, uh, MB on YouTube says, Austin, the Colts' defense did not pressure him because of his running. That's why his accuracy was so much better. Look, true. Like, and If he plays a better, healthy defense, I want to see what happens. But again, like it was that moment of, uh-oh, Happy learned how to putt. Uh, did Lamar Jackson learn how to be accurate down the field? And I find that interesting. So let's get to this question, Zach. What percentage chance do the Titans have of winning the AFC South now that the Colts are one and four right there with the Houston Texans. What percentage chance do the Titans have of winning the AFC South now with the Colts at one and four, Texans at one and four, and the Jags at 0 oh and five? The Titans are three and two with a two and a half game lead over the Colts. But first, Zach, tell everybody about Wilson County Hyundai. Wilson County Hyundai is where you need to go. We were there yesterday. Great rides, Elantra, Palisade. Uh, they've got you covered. Wilson County Hyundai. Dot com. Go there, look at their inventory. It's a quick trip. You can test drive one today. They've got great prices. Painbone and his team will hook you up with the perfect make and model for you and your family at WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Don't forget, download the app. Simply go to BetMGM in your app or your Google Play Store or whatever. Is that what it is? Google Play Store? We were talking about this last week. I think it's Google Play Store. I think I just got it right on accident. But download the app, the BetMGM app. Use our code ATOZ Sports and you get a risk free bet up to 1000 bucks with your first deposit and your first bet. 
Is that right? Google Play Store? Okay, we've got that figured out for the future. So good for us. All right, so that's code ATOZ Sports to download the app. Again, simply use that code with your first deposit. Your first bet is risk free up to 1000 bucks. A great way to jumpstart your payroll uh, and your bankroll in the football season. So get it there at betmgm.com uh, for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years old or must be present in Tennessee. And for gambling prompt support, call the Tennessee Redline at 1 800 889 9789. What percentage chance do the Titans have of winning the AFC South? Uh, Zach, hit the comments for us. 60, 85, 99 from Noah. Steve says 95. Lee says 100. Uh, Yenzi says 85. Ronald says 99.99. Josh says 85. Marquis says 85. Gene says 85. 70 from Ramon. Guy says 75. David says 55. 75 from Titans, Kyle. Dom says 100. Uh, a lot of high percentages coming in. Ed says 66.66. What do you think? Well, uh, I think it's pretty damn close to 100. <laughs> Just because the Colts are so they're, – they're two and a half games back of the Titans because of the record and the Titans having the head-to-head. And so that's a lot of ground to cover up. And I don't think the Titans are going to be below a 10-win team. I think the Titans are, have 10 wins in them this season, minimum. That's 10-7. and seven. I don't think the Colts can get there. And the Texans sure as hell aren't going to get there. We know the Jags aren't either. So I, I kind of want to say like 95%. I, I seriously think that way. 95% chance. Now, if they were 4-1 and one and were to beat the Jets, I might lock that thing up to 99% or more. But they lost to the Jets, which tells me the Titans can lose to a lot of people, but they can also beat a lot of people. Um, I think um, I think it's pretty damn high. I'm going to say 95% chance the Titans win the AFC South. I think that's the right percentage. They, If they lose to the Titans again, they're done, right? The 5% is because they still play the Texans, the Jets, the Jaguars, and the Jaguars, right? One, two, three, four. That's four winnable games. They're not terrible. They were up on the Ravens for the majority of that game. That's my 5%, but I think it's, man, I think it's in the books. I asked it. I think you were out when I asked this question. Who will have more wins this season? The Titans or the Colts, Texans, and Jags combined? Because right now the Titans already have more. <laughs> Three to two. And how many wins do the Titans need to get to make sure that they, they can out total those three teams? It's a really good question. I mean, you kind of want to say the Titans. It's how much better will Trevor Lawrence get? Right. Is he good for four wins? Can the Texans? I think that I think the Jags and Texans probably combine for five, maybe okay. six. So then, then the answer is the three. It's not the Titans. 
Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think the Titans need to get the twelve to get that. If the, if the Titans are twelve and five, which means they go nine and three the rest of the way, then I think they can top the Texans. I don't think they go twelve, or the, I don't think they go nine and three the rest of the way. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty crazy though. I think it's it's kind of close. It's kind of close. But that I was just curious about that about what your thoughts were because I think I asked that to Luke last week when you were out. Pretty good so question. it's you know so we both say ninety five percent chance the Titans win the AFC South. Yeah, I'm with you there. All right, let's get to it. Tuesday sports trivia. We're trying to improve on our seventy percent win rate. We've gone seven and three in both weeks that we've done this new trivia setup. So we need everybody's help. But first, let me tell you guys about Mandu, the Pulse of Fitness. One 15-minute workout at Mandu equals five or more hours in the weight room because of full-body electronic muscle stimulation. Guys, it's it's awesome. It's for everybody, whether you're older, whether you're younger, whether you're in shape, whether you're just starting your fitness plan, whatever fitness goals you have, Mandu can help you achieve them because they have the science and they've got the technology and the knowledge of the trainers to help you get there. Mandu.com, your first workout is absolutely free. And if you tell them A to Z Sports sent you, they'll take 100 bucks off your first month when you sign up. That's mandu.com for a free workout. Tell them A to Z sent you. They'll take 100 bucks off your first month. Electronic muscle stimulation. Make it part of your routine. It's a great way to achieve your fitness goals at mandu.com. A to Z Sports are powered by BetMGM. Download the app today on the Google Play Store or on your Apple download app. Trivia time. We went seven and three and seven and three. The rules are no Googling. We also have 10 questions and we take these like an actual test where we submit the total test at the end to find our record. We will not know our record until the very end. So no Googling. Uh, let's, uh, let's see what we got here, Zach. These have been tough and fun. The two times that we've done them so far. So let's get to it. Don't we have to do something? Ah, uh, yes, you're right. I've got something else to do. I've got uh, a job to do here, and that's not this. very good. Yeah, I'm failing at this. My bad. It's just uh, I don't. I, I give you a couple weeks before I take it over. I don't want to no, take I mean, it over. If you want it, you can have. It. No, no, it's your responsibility. It's your responsibility. We'll talk about it after the show. All <laughs> right, so let's get to uh, our ten trivia questions. What do you got? Well, we are in for a doozy. This is going to be really hard. The greatest NFL comebacks ever. Last night was one of a very great comeback. I felt like that kind of meshed well. Yeah, yeah, it's relevant, time relevant. NFL, I think we can do this. We're going to need some help, though. Mm -hmm. All right. In December 1980, the San Francisco 49ers overcame a 28-point deficit to establish an NFL record for the greatest comeback. That record was broken in 1993 when the Buffalo Bills overturned a 32-point deficit over the Oilers. Which quarterback sparked this turnaround by throwing for four second-half touchdowns? Doug Flutie, Jim Kelly, Frank Wright, or Todd Collins? Frank I think we Wright. Know this. Frank Wright. Head coach of the Colts, Frank Wright. Let's lock that in. Final A to Z, lock that baby in. All right. Well, that, that was actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so next question. On December 7th, 
1980, the San Francisco 49ers trailed 35 to 7 at halftime against same the game. NF. Huh? It's the same game that it was referencing in the first question. Against an NFC West rival and seemed to have little chance of winning. But turned things around in the second half to level the scores. Then go on to win in overtime. Who were their opponents? San Francisco 49ers trailed 35-7 to at halftime. Who did they come back to beat? The Los Angeles Rams, the Atlanta Falcons, the Seattle Supers or Seattle Seahawks, or the New Orleans Saints. So Lucas said Falcons immediately. Now we also knew this was a division opponent, right? NFC West rivals. The Falcons were in the West. They were. You're, they were. Is a question. They had to have been. There was only three divisions, and they weren't in the Central because the Bucks were in the Central. And I know all the teams in that division. Where were the Saints? I think the Saints were in the West as well. I think all four of these teams are in the West. So it was a messed up division. Right? Yeah, it makes it's right. like the Preds being in the Western Conference of the anyway. Um, I mean, everybody's saying the Saints. Saints saying, yeah, because the Seahawks were in the AFC for a while, um, too. So I just think we go Saints. Everybody's saying the Saints lock it up. There we go. On October 27th, 1946, turn back your clocks. The Washington Redskins probably thought they had the game sewn up by leading their opponent 24 to nothing at half. But quarterback Tommy Thompson had other ideas. He led the team to 28 unanswered second half points. Which team overcame the deficit to win? Chicago Bears, Tommy- the Green Bay Packers, the Philadelphia Eagles, or the New York Giants? Tommy Townsend, quarterback this team. Tommy Thompson. Tommy Thompson. Who's Tommy Townsend? Oh, that's, the Titans, pun- that's the Titans punter. <laughs> no, it's the Titans punter's brother. <laughs> Seriously. Um, Ah, who beat know, the man. Washington Redskins quarterback by Tommy, Tommy Thompson? Thompson, Bears, Packers, Eagles, or Giants? I'm going to say Giants. Now we're getting some Eagles. Eagles by Ed. Ed is uh, has told us that he's an older man. No Googling. Um, uh, yeah, no Googling. We know that for sure. Ed has said Eagles multiple times. I think it's an Eastern team. I don't think it's Packers or Bears because Washington, Giants, Eagles all make sense to me. I think it's lock it in. Eagles finally to Z. All right. September 23rd, 1979 at Mile High Stadium, the Broncos trailed the Seahawks 34 to 10 early in the third quarter. Which quarterback threw three touchdown passes to lead the Broncos to a 37-34 comeback win? John Elway, Norris Weiss, Steve DeBerg, or Craig Morton? It's not John Elway. Say it one more time. Broncos Seahawks 34 to 10 early in the quarter or quarter. Which quarterback threw three touchdowns to come back for the Broncos to win 34 to 30? 37 to 34 in a comeback win, September 23rd, 1979. 
Elway, uh, Norris Weiss, Steve DeBerg, or Craig Morton? Uh, we're getting Craig Morton in the, in the comments. Yeah. Um, I think I think we got to go with Craig Morton. I don't know. You don't now, lock it we're in? Getting, now we're getting DeBerg comments. Dave says DeBerg. Dom says DeBerg. Danny says DeBerg. Where was Morton? I don't know. Right, let's go with DeBerg. Final A to Z. Don Shula's Miami Dolphin team in the early 1970s were used to winning, but found themselves in a hole December 15th, 1974. Before mount, mounting an amazing comeback, which team led the Dolphins 24 nothing at the Orange Bowl before seeing it snatched away 34-27? Patriots, Colts, Jets, or Raiders? Uh. It could be, I, I think it's Colts, Jets, or Raiders, not the Patriots. Patriots are terrible. I mean, this is really tough. Like, this is, like, I feel like there's so much information that you're having to read to everybody. Greatest uh, comebacks. So far, we got one Raiders, Scott Jets, uh, Roy Colts, <laughs> and then Titans, Kyle says, I thought it was the Patriots right away. So then we got all four teams represented. Uh read it again. Read the read the uh, the options again. Patriots, Colts, Jets, or Raiders, nineteen seventy four. I think Raider. Let's go Raiders. You want to lock it in? Final A to Z Raiders. <sighs> It looked like a routine home win for the Cowboys in 2011 when they led their NFC North opponent by 24 points early in the third quarter. Which team came back to win and beat the Cowboys 34-30? Packers, Bears, Vikings, or Lions? Mm 2011. We should know this. I don't think it's the Bears. Lions with Stafford and Calvin Johnson. It's either Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers or the Lions with Matt Stafford. I think it's I think it's the Lions. You want to go Lions? Yep. Lions finally to Z. All right, the L.A. Raiders recovered from a uh, 0-24 deficit late in the second quarter to to defeat which AFC West rival on November 22nd, 1982? (laughs) What? Broncos, Seahawks, Chiefs, or Chargers? The years need to be first. 1982, here's what happened. So we can have our brains start somewhere. I'm just reading them. 1982 Raiders recovered from a deficit 24 nothing Broncos Seahawks Chiefs or Chargers November 22nd 1982 Scott says Chargers Scott feels like he's been playing along pretty well with these It's kind of a guessing game <laughs> 
it's absolutely a guessing game. I'm going to say charge. I think charge is fine. I don't even know what question number we're on. Chargers finally easy. We're on eight. Oh, thank good. Three more. Again, I, I picked this trivia quiz because of the comebacks. I, I didn't realize it was going to be like this. Miserable? Yeah. September 21st, 1997. The Colts thought that there was a sure thing when they led the Bills 26 nothing late in the quarter, the second quarter. The Bills came back to win the game. Who was the running back for the Bills who rushed for three touchdowns? Thurman Thomas, Billy Joe Hobart, Derek Holmes, or Antoine Smith? Hmm. I don't think it was Thurman Thomas. Thurman Thomas would have been old at that point. I think Antoine Smith is too young. Oh, okay. For 97. But Antoine Smith is a really good pull. Uh, Chris says Antoine Smith. Lucas says Smith. That's who I thought. All right. Um, Antoine Antoine Smith might have been like a young scat back at that point. Former Titan Antoine Smith. (laughs) Let's go Antoine Smith. Final easy. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers teams in the 1980s didn't win a lot of games, but they looked to be on a certainty on November 8th, 1987, when they led the St. Louis Cardinals 28-3 to with just one quarter remaining. Which quarterback pulled it out of the fire for the cards with three fourth-quarter touchdown passes? Jim Hart, Sean Halloran, Neil Lomax, or Gary Hoboom? Sean Halloran. It's the only name I've heard of. Scott says Lomax. Scott says he's 52 years old. He's watched a lot of football. I think Scott's our best chance. Neil, Scott, Scott says Neil Lomax. You're huge in on this. Ronnie says Neil Lomax. Let's just go with Neil Lomax. We're getting a lot of Lomax. Neil Lomax, final A to Z. In their final season as the Chicago Cardinals, before moving to St. Louis, on October 25th, 1959, the Cardinals led the Eagles 24-0 in third quarter before uh, losing the game 28-24. In which city did the game take place? Chicago, Minneapolis, Philadelphia, or Green Bay? There's so much information here that I forgot what you were saying as you were saying it. So, in the final season of the Chicago Cardinals, before they moved to St. Louis, they lost a game to the Philadelphia Eagles. Which city did this game take place? So, Chicago moving to St. Louis, was this game in Chicago, Minneapolis, Philadelphia, or Green Bay? I don't know. uh, Chicago. Chicago's my answer. Chicago finally is he. All right. That was a tough one. God. We're submitting the answers. First one, Buffalo Bills, Frank Reich. Ding. <laughs> Got that correct. NFC uh, West rival versus the 49ers. Comeback, our answer, the New Orleans Saints. Correct. Two. Redskins, 
Tommy Thompson had other ideas. 28 unanswered points. Which team overcame the deficit? Our answer, Philadelphia Eagles. Correct. 3-0. and All right. I feel good about this. Denver Broncos in Mile High Stadium. 34-10. Which quarterback threw three touchdown passes to lead the Broncos? Steve DeBerg? Correct answer is Craig Morton. Mm, three and we one. We had Morton. Don Shula, Miami Dolphins, Orange Bowl. Who came back to defeat them? We said the Oakland Raiders. You nixed the New England Patriots early. The correct answer, the New England Patriots. Dang, three and two. Cowboys versus NFC North opponent. You said the Lions. Tony Romo got beat by... Matthew Stafford. Ding. Four and two. Los Angeles Raiders recovered from a 0-24 deficit late in the second quarter. Which AFC West rival in 1982? We said the San Diego Chargers. It's the San Diego Chargers. Are we five and two? Ding. All right. The Indianapolis Colts and the Bills... Came back. Who rushed for three touchdowns? Who did we say? Antoine Smith. The correct answer? Antoine Smith. Six and two. <laughs> the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost a lot of games, but the St. Louis Cardinals came back. What quarterback pulled it out? We said Neil Lomax. The correct answer? Neil Lomax. Seven and two. I think we got this last one. Do you know how I said there's a trend last week? I said there's a trend that I'm following. If we get this last one rec- right, my trend is correct. What's the answer in the last question? Final season, Chicago Cardinals, before they moved to St. Louis, where did they play? We said Chicago. The correct answer is Minneapolis. Okay. <laughs> So my theory, I still think is correct. So we went seven and three again, (laughs) which I think is impressive as hell. So here's my theory that today there were a lot of questions that involved the same teams as answers. There will only be one correct answer for every team. There was a, there was a Eagles question, a Lions question and a Vikings question. And all three of them were different answers. They will not have where the answer is Eagles twice. They will not have where the answer is Bears twice. So because because we already guessed Eagles for Tommy Thompson and we guessed the Lions for the Cowboys comeback, I thought we would go with the Bears because we had yet to have a Chicago answer when Minneapolis was. So my I think I'm correct on this. Seven three. That's How about not bad that for an observation. I think I'm right on that. That was a tough. That was a tough quiz. I will take seven three on that all day long, all day long. That's all she wrote. All right, guys. Hope you have a great rest of your Tuesday. A to Z Sports Podcast Network's got new content out tonight or today. Uh, also, Buck Rising live tonight for A to Z Sports Primetime at 8 o'clock. Make sure you follow us all over social media, our, our website as well, A to Z Sports.com. And we will see you on a Wednesday morning. Appreciate it, guys. Adios.